0: Oh, and there it is. Hey, this is Brian Hoagley with CISO Life, brought to you by Side Channel. Let's get into a daily discussion. Hey, welcome back. It's July. You know, been busy doing some things. Hope everybody's doing well, being safe, hanging in there, having fun with some summer. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, all right, so what are we seeing? Uh, it's coming along. i got a couple uh, items here. And again, remember, the link for this entire feed will be posted in the, well, in the content in the post down below. So check it out. Click on there. See all the past items, any of the notes and things that we've added and have at it have some fun drop some comments uh in as well always happy to hear from uh all of y'all and if you've got any interesting notes or articles that you want us to just uh you know discuss and look into have at it um first in uh quite a bit of m um, a even though apparently we're going into a recession but uh always nice to see uh movement in the uh in the space means people are building cool things doing good things and other people are taking interest quite a bit of deals going on our own side channel being one of them uh let's get into some other really i think it's it's a it's a focus area now for a lot of folks um how to actually make cyber insurance work so we've kind of gone through this paradigm or this the shift of like everybody gets cyber insurance to how do we actually do it to, okay, now how do we actually make sure that people can get it and keep it? I think that's just a natural maturity around insurance. Um, but what to look for when you're trying to take out a uh, a policy. This is very interesting from Forrester and uh, their analysis that without a risk mitigation strategy and investment in a security program, relying on cyber insurance alone is a threat to the organization. Well, what does that mean? You need to build a program. You need to actually have something in place. You need to actually start trying to mitigate risks. You can't just take out the insurance policy and call that a day, right? Like it's not, you can't just build everything, run your program, run a company and just expect that the insurance alone is going to cover you. Let's, for instance, take commercial insurance. Say you're a business and you have a warehouse, right? Simple example. Um, what you need to be able to do is put in sprinkler systems, put in fire exits, put in, uh, fireproof material, build the, you know, build the uh, warehouse out of something that's not flammable. Uh, make sure you're close to a fire hydrant. Make sure that you know how close you are to the fire department. So store things appropriately. These are all steps that, you know, in manufacturing, warehousing, logistics, distribution, they're taking to build a secure business to protect their assets, their inventory, whatever, their people, right? They're not just relying on 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 an insurance policy in case the place burns down, they recoup. We need to do the same thing with cybersecurity. We need to put the right sprinklers in, in place. We need to put the right exits in place. We need to make sure that we're close to a fire hydrant, okay? So just having a, a insurance policy and, you know, Holding to that alone, again, is not going to work. I feel like this was kind of a, you know, a duh moment, but obviously some smart people at Forrester came to this conclusion. Um, and I think they only did that because no one's thinking this way, right? It's like, oh, let me just get cyber. I'm good. Obviously not. So hopefully you see a larger, uh, shift, you know, in this. Um, and actually brings me to the uh, second, um, uh, story that I found. Very interesting. Um, what are insurance insurers looking for, right? What is it that they are actually trying to see in a potential insured's, um, process or program, right? Um, so right here, right? During the next two years, almost half of the 200 respondents said they want to require detailed evidence of an organization's security posture. This is they're, they're asking and talking to cyber insurers, right? So, A hundred out of 200, um, insurers want to see a detail of an organization's security posture. Well, what are the, what are the steps and ways to be able to go do that? How many business owners, right? You know, without a security team or security leader in the organization know how to do this, know how to, uh, uh, inventory their organization, assess their organization, right? Do a risk assessment, do a gap analysis. Um, and this is interesting here. The cyber insurance market has not clearly defined what cybersecurity factors are most important when evaluating security posture. I think this is very evident when you look at the, uh, you know, if you talk to travelers or Hartford or Chubb or, you know, Aon, they're all going to assess you differently. They all have their own assessment. They all have their own standard that they've created, right? It's like a worse version of security questionnaires that everybody's getting. Uh, <clears throat> and because We don't have a standard Uh, everybody's doing their own thing which means that everybody can then dictate what's the most important because everyone's assessing risk differently but i find very interesting and and sometimes comical is that let's just take the us for instance we have standards in the united states heck we have we have international standards iso's international standard right nist has standards inside of the u.s that Best practices have, have been put forward. Industry experts have weighed in on and said, yes, these are the most important things. So why the insurance, uh, agencies and the market aren't adopting these outright and standardizing, I still don't know. And I worked for an insurance company as a CISO for quite a while. It still scratches my head why insurers aren't doing this. Um, it's available. It's there. It's within grasp. It's just a matter of actually doing it. <clears throat> For instance, uh, New York State, when they implemented DFS, the part 500, if you're in the financial institutions or you're dealing with anything with New York State in that space, you'll, you'll recognize that it's near, you know, identical close to pulling from the NIST cybersecurity framework, uh, which I happen to be a fan of. And I'm just going to plug the fact that I. I think I wrote a co- co-author and contributing author to a fabulous book on the NIST cybersecurity framework with Cynthia Brumfield. Uh, if you want to learn about it, insurers, call me. I got a couple ideas for you. Uh, New York State did a great thing with part 500. They adopted a lot of what came out of NIST CSF. They implemented it into law. And then they, uh, obviously audited their, um, uh, Their constituents, the people that were held underneath the financial services space, right? Who the law was applicable to. Uh, if you look at the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, they've actually done near identical, uh, um, action, right? It's, it's almost, it's almost identical to what part 500 and New York State DFS, um, has adopted. So how regulators have, um, figured this out and gone with a standard seems to me, you know, they're thinking the right way. Insurers could do the right thing. Now, early on, I think a lot of people got bit because everyone was following the Hiscox application as a standard around cyber insurance, and hopefully that thing has died because that was pretty useless, in my opinion. Um, it didn't really tell anybody what the actual risk of the organization was, it just asked some questions, and I've actually seen insurers, you know, underwriters look at that and just be like, Okay, was it filled out? Okay, good, it was filled out. I mean, this was years ago, early days, but even still. Um that was something that at least everybody was on. And then everyone said, okay, if that's not working. We need to build our own, but they missed the boat on being able to adopt a standard and a recognized standard that was already out there. So, you know, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Go with NIST, uh, CSF, go with ISO. If you're in, um, uh, if you're in Europe, but US based insurers could probably do well to look into those standards, adopt them. So we still don't, uh, obviously, right, we got a couple things here. So first first article, uh, we wanna see people doing more and they can't just rely on an insurance uh policy in place. <clears throat> and then second, right, insurers themselves need to kind of standardize and figure out what's the most important uh, thing to be looking for. Um, risk assessments are not magic, they're not uh, unattainable, and they're not impossible to do. Um, so there is a path here to make this happen. Um, I believe very strongly in the importance of doing a risk assessment first, having a standardized way of assessing, you know, that either in your own organization on a consistent basis. I should be doing a risk assessment against the same standard quarterly, right? If I'm a consulting firm or insurer, I'm looking at like organizations, I should be looking at them against you know, the same standard across the board. So I can make better decisions about the aggregate of, of that pool, um, and, and those risk, those risks with, within those organizations, right? So it's all there. It's all laid out. It's just a matter of saying, Hey, you know, I'm Aon, i I'm Chubb. I'm the Hartford and traveler. We're going to do this. We're going to adopt this standard and we're going to use this standard to now assess risk across an organization. Hey, if you're in insurance and you're still listening, uh drop a comment down below and tell me I'm wrong or right or crazy uh or what you're seeing work or not. But I talked to a lot of brokers because I'm fascinated by the insurance space and carriers and, you know, they want this. It's just a matter of actually doing it. It seems like insurance industries uh and organizations from uh my days and what I always heard is no one wants to be first. Uh, everyone wants to be a fast follower, right? You know who you are. Anyway, um, so that's going on. Um, last and, uh, well, we'll just say least, maybe interesting is a, um, uh, an interesting, uh, uh, top 10 list as, as my CTO calls it a listicle. Um, but, uh, it kind of ties into, um, you know, how do we actually, thank you, ads, uh, how do we actually do an assessment? Standardize. And there's some platforms out there. The, this, this group came out here with, I'd never seen them before until I actually saw our own platform show up in a search, um, was looking at platforms. So there are means and ways to do this, right? Which is basically saying these are a step above using Excel. Okay. That's, that's what we're talking about. Maybe two steps um but you know what are the top 10 types of top six whatever types of platforms there's a couple out there there are ways to go do this so it's not unattainable and I still scratching my head that it's 2022 and insurance agents brokers carriers are still using near paper-based applications uh to do assessments and and kind of move forward so anyway, there's some there are some solutions out there. I I, you know, Synomi's uh one, I'm, we're looking into that. It looks very interesting as far as the ability to aggregate this type of data, provide this. We happen to actually have built the real CISO platform. Uh we actually geared it towards insurance, you know, standardizing on again standards. So if you're ever interested in in that, but there's some other really interesting things I've never heard of. I knew about Synomi, Rapid Fire Tools, Drawbridge, Trava, these folks actually have implemented and pulled in the insurance capabilities into their assessment, uh, process. I've, I've had the, I've had a lot of, uh, great conversations with Jim Goldman, um, who's, uh, at Trava and they're doing some very interesting things. And, you know, hey, Brian, why are you talking about your competition? It's because. <laughs> no one person out there is gonna solve any of this, right? There's a there's a conglomeration and cooperation and cooperation, if you will, uh inside of security. There's a lot of people that need help and it's not gonna hurt anybody to have a lot of people out there working on solving these problems. And hey, maybe at some point in the future people start working together on some of these things and uh looking at that. The last one I've never actually seen is this CISoteria. So we're looking into that. Uh The downside for uh, me actually looking into all these is because I built Real CISO, half of these guys won't let me see their platform, um, even though we make Real CISO freely available uh, to anyone to go kick the tires and check it out. I'm just saying. Um, let's share, guys. What, what are you doing? I'll show you what I'm doing. Uh, maybe we can make the world a little better place. Anywho, <clears throat> um, back to our list. And let me flip screens. Thank you very much. Um, that's what we have. Those are top uh top of mind top of uh you know news cycles this is brian hoagley with side channel thanks for sticking around another CISO life production follow me on hashtag CISO life uh looking forward to some uh more of these now that we're on the other side of our merger i actually have time to do marketing again and uh outreach and teaching i just love this stuff so thanks for um thanks for hanging on and i'll check you next time take care be good be safe